And uh, next thing you know, I wound up going to school to get my real estate license. My first year, I made 150 k Really? Still, still policing. Still While policing. you're a cop? Or I'm a cop. Yikes. And uh, I knew it was over when I was at a scene where somebody lost their life, and I got a phone call that said, you got a pre-approval for a client. I was like, yes. Nobody looking at me like, what's going on? <laughs> Mad awkward and inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's time for me to go. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. We find really amazing people that did really amazing stuff. I don't know if I can use dope anymore because it's a drug. But you dope. Absolutely. You think so? Oh, for sure. Okay, for well, sure. We're, about, we're about to find out. <laughs> All right, so, uh, nah, really excited about this interview, man, especially uh, because you are the number one black-owned real estate brokerage in South Carolina? Yes, sir. How'd you find that out, first off? Uh, well, there's not a lot of black brokerages in the state of South Carolina, for one. Um, and then doing the research to see how many people have agents in their office and the locations that they have. Mm. So we grew from none to the largest own in a short period of time. So you lit. Lit. Well, let's let's just jump into I, I want you to like introduce yourself. How do you introduce yourself? Like, are you married? No. No? So you're in a club. Don't go to clubs. You don't go to clubs? Nah. Lounge? Go to the lounge. Well, Atlanta lounges and clubs, same thing. How do you introduce yourself? I introduce myself as Damian Burks. That's it. That's not it, bro. I promise you. I promise you. All right. Be like, I mean, if somebody says, what's your name? Like, oh, Damian. They'd be like, oh, okay, Damian. Yeah. What you got going on? What do you share with them? I'm a real estate agent. You're a real estate agent? That's what I say. But you're a broker. I am. You're a liar. No. Like, <laughs> He's not the same thing. It's the same thing. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. Now the moment progress, you know, mm-hmm. answers come out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But you got a lot going on. Obviously, real estate brokerage mm-hmm. um, and a fleet of cars. Yes. And what were you telling me? Like, uh, you made a connection with Enterprise or something like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a connection where our fleet is housed at a, you know, location. And we interchange rentals through their company. Hold on. Your fleet is housed at, at a, their location? At a certain location, yeah. yeah. Enterprise, the company. Mm-hmm. So you started, you were doing the car rentals before that, mm-hmm. yes? Yes. For how long? Uh, four years we were doing it before we got to connect. How you put that play together? Yeah. We're on the Social Proof Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the real so it's making relationships. It's making okay. relationships with different managers at different locations. So then you get that relationship, and then you get to add your fleet to what's already happening. But Enterprise pays you when they rent out the cars to their clients. Absolutely. That's lit. Lit. How can I do that? We can talk. Definitely. Like, I can give you, I can give, like, you think I can create the same thing in Atlanta, or it's a specific relationship with a specific manager? Yes, that part. But to get a fleet anywhere, yeah, we can talk about that because we're about to go to New Jersey and Miami. Oh, word. Right. Are you doing the same connection with uh, with the rental car company? That won't be. That won't be. No? It'll just be a different, just with Turo. Just found out that because of the taxi law in New York, you can't rent a car in New York. All rentals come from Jersey. You can't rent a car in New York? Because of the taxis. The taxi law is protected. So rental cars, a rental car business in New York is illegal. 
Oh, that's wild. So what about Uber? Uber is. You can right. do that. But mm-hmm. it's a rental car. It's, Uber is different. Right. You know, you're renting a ride. Right, for sure. Right. You can't rent a car in New York. You got to go to Jersey to pick it up. Oh, that's wild. I didn't even know that. Absolutely. I didn't know that. So where do you spend most of your time? On the real estate side or the car rental side? Uh, real estate side. The, real estate? Uh, the car side is automated. That's, yeah. So tell me about your real estate. How so? I so is your being the biggest broker in South Carolina, biggest mm-hmm. African American owned broker in South Carolina. Right. Is it based on how many um, agents you have, or how many houses you sell, or the revenue, or what? Definitely based on the size you have as far as agents, and also your locations. Got how many locations you got? Five. About to open the sixth. Word. Yeah. Not to be in your pockets, but be in your pockets. What's that revenue like? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a million. Million dollar company. Multi-million dollar company. Mm. Volume, we did about 75 million. This year, we're shooting for 150 million in volume. 150 million in volume. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. That's lit. How'd you get into real estate? So, my business partner, who's Presley, um, Cody, shout out to Cody Presley. He uh, saw me. I had just purchased a home. And I love two things. I love structure and I love time. So, houses and watches, right? So I walked <laughs> right? so dope. I walked into the model home and we just started talking. And um for one, I'm I'm a retired detective. Yeah, what were you doing at this time? You were a detective? Years, retired detective. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You walk into the model home. Walk into the model home yep. and I see him and we're talking, we're chopping it up and Two or three people walk in to look at the model home and I know all of them. How 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 long ago was this? 2015. Gotcha, okay. And he was like, how do you know everybody walked through the door? I was like, well, I police this community, so I know everybody. So he was like, you should have been in real estate. I was like, nah, I know law. I don't know real estate. He's like, nah, I'm telling you, you should have been in real estate. So I was like, nah. So every every day going home, I would see him at the model home. Mm-hmm. And I just throw my hand up, and then sometimes I would go by and just talk to him. And uh, he'd be like, yeah, this is what I made this week. And I was like, oh. And I'm looking at my check like, it wasn't nowhere near that. You right, know? right. <laughs> So uh, I would sit with him on the weekend just to parlay and talk with him because I had an interest in it. And uh, next thing you know, I wound up going to school to get my real estate license. My first year, I made 150K. Really? Still, still policing. Still While policing. you're a cop? Or I'm a cop. Yikes. And uh, I knew it was over when I was at a scene where somebody lost their life and I got a phone call and it said, you got a pre-approval for a client. I was like, yes. Nobody looking at me like, what's going on? <laughs> Mad awkward and inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it's time for me to go. And uh, I got injured in the line of duty. I told my quadriceps attendant, and um, the doctors wrote me out, told me I could retire. So I issued my retirement to the uh, South Carolina State Board at that time. And at, at the age of 32, I retired with benefits from law enforcement. Still get paid? Still get paid. Oh, nice little shot. I Absolutely. mean, it ain't nothing crazy. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Keep, keep the gas in the car, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say less. Say less. <laughs> so, all right. So, you just... You get your real estate license, mm-hmm. and you're a cop. Mm-hmm. As... Tell me, like, the balance of, like, working your job and building this business. Did you know you wanted to leave? I didn't at first. It was going to be. And how a, long was the process? How long was that? Uh, I got my license left? in 2015. I left 2016. So the year. same year. Yep. You was in and out. Yep. Yep. So, um, I knew because really everybody says I want to do real estate part time. Real estate is never part time because the minute you answer your phone on your full time job, real estate became full time. Mm, so, so you can't do it because real estate doesn't respect boundaries. So I say, you know, I, I got to go. 
I got to go. So I wound up retiring June 16th, 2016, 3 o'clock. Sun was shining. <laughs> I, I know the time, <laughs> the day. Right. Were you nervous, though? I, I was. I was because all I had to fall back on, you know, on the cop shot, I wasn't making a whole lot. So yeah. all I had to fall back on was my retirement yeah. that I was going to be getting every month. So I was like, listen, um, and this is the formula that I, I had a quit party with one of my offices last, last week, mm. um, well, two months ago. And I figured up what I make. I figured up how much money I was going to make for the rest of the year, subtract my bills, and realize I was only going to make $3,000 for the remainder of the year, and I was going to give them close to 900 hours. So if I can give myself 900 Hold hours— Hold on. What you mean is going to make $3,000? Okay, so— You're talking about from what you make, mm-hmm. minus your bills— Minus my bills, and what, how much time I had to work for the rest of the year. So if I'm working a 40-hour week— Right. If I'm in June, I'm working a 40-hour week. You're going net profit $3,000? Net profit $3,000 after my bills. So I'm working. I'm giving you 900 hours for three grand. That's stupid. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, my man says something. He was like, um, for people that are in that situation, they think they get paid. When they don't really get paid, their bills get paid. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But they don't get paid. That's right. That's right. That's deep. So when I saw that, I was like, nah. I can give myself 450 hours and make three times the amount. The facts. Yeah. The facts. The first, were you, were you, did you have any entrepreneurial bone in your body like before None. that? None. None. Always work for somebody else. I like that story because there are some people that are listening or watching and they feel like you got to be born entrepreneur to go out and build some stuff. Right. Really, you just have to not want to be in your situation bad enough. That's right. Absolutely. That's lit. So your second year... So my second year, um, did great. In the state of South Carolina, I think with a lot of states, you have to do, what's lack of a better term, an apprentice. Mm-hmm. So you got to do three years under a broker in charge or under a brokerage before you can branch off and do your own. Okay. So my second year had you at? a company called Graham Realty. Okay. Yeah, he was the mayor at the time. So I went to him because he was a player. Everybody knew him. They called him. You learned right. a lot, I suppose. I did. I did. Um, so my second year, I did great. My third year, I started seeing what I was leaving on the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. For what I'm leaving on the table, what I'm paying him, I could start my company and do better. Yeah. So it was a no-brainer for me. I only got my broker's license. Did he feel the type of way when you left or no? Nah. He was making plenty, plenty of bread. Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah. No. So the next, what, so three years in, mm-hmm. you get your own brokerage. Right. Right? So that's what, 2018? 2018. Mm-hmm. How, who was the first person that you hired that trusted you with a career? The first person that I hired that trusted me with a career was a student. So not only was I a real estate broker, I went and became a real estate instructor for the state because I knew the only way for me to know how to navigate real estate is to teach it and let the state curriculum show me how to do it. Hold on. So you get your license, mm-hmm. then you go to be a broker, mm-hmm. and then you go to be an instructor. Certified instructor to teach the state curriculum. So I taught five. My goal was to teach 350 students. I taught 500. And it wasn't to get a job. It was just to learn more about real estate. Absolutely, because I know they weren't going to give me the game. That's smart. That's smart. So at, were you still actively you selling houses too? or yes. like do you, It seems like the, the reason I would want to get a brokerage, and I was talking to my friend uh, Denise, my thing is I would want to be a broker so I don't have to sell houses. And that's what you would think from a brokerage. Yeah, you would. Um, but the way I see it is this: like, 
we had an issue in law enforcement, and my police chief said, well, if you do it like this, you'll get this. And I had to tell him, you haven't put handcuffs on anybody since 83. Mm. They don't get out and say, sir, no more. Right? So it's different. So I can't tell my agents how to navigate or negotiate a deal if I've not sold a house in 15 years. That's a fact. So when they come to me, I'm either in the situation or I've been through it. Mm. So I'm more relatable as a broker. Yeah, where we're at right now in terms of, um, do you do commercial or yes. residential? Both. Both? Mm -hmm. So where are we at in like the commercial landscape right now in this world that we're living in? As far as? Are, are the banks giving money? Yeah, if you approved. <laughs> but it, but yeah. I, I, so I actually went to the bank the other day mm -hmm. because I was, I put in this super low offer. Okay. For, they wanted like 800000 Right. We put in 400000 yeah. I don't care. You're going to say yes or no. That's what I'm paying. <laughs> it was like, nah, $750. Right. But before I went to the I went to the bank and I'm talking to the guy and he's like, yo, they're not really doing a lot of lending right now. You went to a big bank? Chase. Yeah. See, for one, you got to go to, I can't say you can't go to Chase, but it's just like you got to make relationships. Mm -hmm. That dude sitting behind the counter, he don't know you. So you got to go and make relationships with banks. Now, I ain't trying to get into your business, but do you have money in Chase? Yeah. All right. So then you got to start leveraging the fact that you got, I got money in Chase. You know what the crazy thing is? I wanted to be a, um, what's it called? Preferred client. Mm -hmm. But you have to have 150000 in per your personal account. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Right. Yeah. I don't pay myself a lot like that. <laughs> but see, they, they, they want that business to keep using your money. So if you threaten to take that kind of capital out, they don't want you to do that. No, but I got it in business. It's just right. I don't have it in personal. He said to be a private client, you have yeah. to be, you have it in your personal. Right. Because the business can fold them all. Who's, who's the liability going to fold? Who's the key man for the liability oh, that to fall back on? That makes personal sense. Personal guarantor. Okay. So, so big banks, they are lending. They are lending. It's just, it has to be the right deal. What do you, what do you need for that? Um, just depends on your scoring, your DTI, what that looks like, um, how much risk it is for you to get that kind of capital. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just depends on what your business is. They're going to want to know uh, what you've been making, you know, how well you've been doing, you know, what's your projected sales or whatever yeah. you got going on. Yeah. Okay. And on the, uh, the, the, the personal side, mm -hmm. not com it's not commercial, it's called residential. Residential, right. Same criteria? Yeah, um, it's same. I thought for both they stopped lending. lending, bro, based on like this whole pandemic. It's not yeah. stop lending, but like they tighten the reins a little bit. Real estate is at an all time high because they the pandemic caused the government to lower the rates. Mm -hmm. So now you're bringing out more buyers, but we have a housing deficit because of the moratorium. So you can't evict people and you can't uh, foreclose. I saw that. What does moratorium mean? So moratorium is just that you freeze the ability to put people out or evict them. Now, the issue is... Did you know that, Joe? The moratorium means you freeze the... Ability. <laughs> you freeze the ability to kick people out. Right. So a third of the houses in South Carolina come from evictions and foreclosures. So for 18, 20 months, we've lost a third of our inventory. So now you got more buyers because rates are low, but you have less houses. So it's now supply and demand, which is why all the, all the houses in the market are shooting up. Dang, I don't know why I don't understand. You said the... The, uh, a third of the houses, uh, people got evicted. Right. For, and foreclosures. And foreclosures. Those were resales. So, uh, you know, when a person loses their house, yeah. that's how we get them to flip them. So if you stop freezing houses, auctions do probably 70 houses a month. So you do 70 times 12, we lost those houses for a whole year. So we don't have no resales or no flips. Hmm. So now you got a housing shortage. So the people that are winning are the builders. But they're jacking the price up, and they can't get the houses out the ground quick enough. 
Right. Even with the rising, the high cost of wood and all that kind of Absolutely. Stuff. So then you had that issue because COVID shut down a lot of operations because one of the big built uh, lumber companies in South Carolina, they if you had more than 10 people with COVID, you had to shut your lumber company down. Mm. So if you got 23 lumber yards and you shut 12 down, then how are you going to make your money from that other 12 you missing? You jack your lumber prices up. Got you, got you. Do you just sell the houses or do you like buy and hold for yourself as well? We, yeah, do all that. Buy and hold. Right yeah. now it's hard, but yeah. Because the the how, the prices are crazy. Absolutely. But I guess you as a broker, you get weird stuff come across your desk where it's like before it hits the market, right? All the time. All the time. So why, why don't you invest in those? Because you got everybody doing it now. I mean, if in the last five years, look at how big flipping has been. Mm. Everybody's flipping now. So you got more people saturating the market to do mm. it. Um, so it's just a saturated market. So right now, it's a hard time to get in real estate. Would you agree? It is if you're trying, unless you got loan money. But all the real investors, because the moratorium just lifted. So all the real investors have been sitting back waiting on the foreclosures to hit the market so they can buy. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying a third of it was like just frozen in like, yo, you can't evict nobody. But now... Right. God, so you were doing the same. You were just sitting back like waiting to... Wait. So you about to buy a half of South Carolina? Absolutely. I can't wait for it to come out. And then I, you got investors. I got investors that, you know, that buy two, three million dollars a month before the pandemic. Dang. So what does this do to the market? So does it... Because we're going to have more inventory and we got to... But we won't have as many buyers, mm -hmm. which means the housing costs come down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Supply and demand is reversed then. So now that you have more. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Houses, less buyers, then that's the issue. But you're not going to have less buyers because the mortgage rates are at an all-time low. So mm. people that weren't looking to buy are coming out because these are historic prices. I mean, I know some people that bought it 1.97s. So this is like some 2008 stuff going on right now. Well, not as far as us crashing, but how crazy it is with the real estate market. Yeah, this is. But a, I, and I know a lot of people picked up in that area. Oh, absolutely. Area. 
era and like they well off because of that time frame. Absolutely. And if you if you can go ahead and get your pre-approval now and wait till a house hit the market, that's it. That's the way to go. How long can you hold a pre-approval for? 90 days. Some people can do 120. Just depends on who your lender is. You got some little joints for me that Absolutely. you're not going to take for yourself? Yeah, I got you. I can put you on. You want really? to stuff in South Carolina? Yeah. yeah. I got you. But I'm saying, I don't want the stuff that you don't want. I want the stuff you want that you nah. like your day. No, nah, because I want to get in your pocket and your people. So, you know what I'm saying? You're going to put me on everybody else and I'm going to slide you some property. I don't want you got a management company out there? Yeah, property management. We do all that. Oh, yeah. man. Joe, you got something on it? What's up? All right, bet. Let's do it. We out here for sure. All right, nah, that's that's exciting too because I've been I've been looking at the real estate, but it's it's been so crazy with like high prices. I really thought this lady because it was commercial. She ain't doing nothing with the property. I just tried to like lowball her. They yeah. own it flat out. I'm like, I'll take this four hundred something thousand dollars. I didn't even know where I was getting money from. <laughs> I was just I knew I was gonna with that much equity, somebody's going to give oh, me a yeah. loan. Yeah. What's the best way to go about it? So are you saying go into a smaller bank? You can go to a smaller bank, or you can do, like you just said with Joe, do crowdfunding. Right. Everybody put you in 100 k if you're going to do that. Joe, I need 100 k bro. You heard it. You heard the man. Yeah. <laughs> you like, uh, so you say 100 k huh? right. <laughs> But you can, you can do crowdfunding, or you can do hard money, or however y'all do it, or, you know, and get it that way. Got it. Got it. Is that how you plan on building your wealth? Well. In real dude, estate? Um, yeah, definitely. That's one way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's... You know, that's one of the tiers of wealth. Mm -hmm. Emergency fund, reserves, stocks and bonds, real estate, and precious metals. You got all that? No. You got some precious metal metals? Yeah, a few. Got a few jewels. Jewels? Yeah. Okay, I see. I see, I see you shining. You know? All right, so you said real estate, stocks. So emergency fund, reserves, stocks. Oh, whoa, whoa. Emergency, stun, emergency fund and reserves, mm -hmm. that's the cash that you have. Right. What was the third one? Um... Stock. Stocks. Uh, bonds. What are bonds? And then precious metals. What are bonds? I have no idea what the proper definition of bonds are, but yeah. Do you have any bonds? I don't have any bonds. Okay. So, uh, so you're just saying that that's like the suite of things that right. make you wealthy. Your thing is like real estate and the jewels. Right. Yeah, right, right. And gotcha. then other, pe other people's time and other people's money. Explain that concept for me. Um, so it frees you up to do more, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, how rich would you be if you had 20 more days? Right. So I... drill you there. Right. I've invented myself 80 plus times in my agents. So there's no... I could wake up, there's nothing I do to make money, but then there's nothing I do to stop making money. What? There's... If I decide to wake up yeah. and do nothing, mm -hmm. I'm going to make money. Yes. So I do nothing to make money, but then there's nothing I can do to stop making money. <laughs> That's so hard. You know what I'm saying? That's hard. So, yeah. That's hard. Right. Golly. Yo, so... And I want to kind of like backtrack a little bit. Do you have any like um, uh, life-defining moments when you were a police officer? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always love to hear the stories of police officers, bro, because y'all hear, like my boy, he was telling me like this story, like he remember he can hear bullets flying past his face. Nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. So give me give me like a story that like that changed your life with a principal. Ah, uh, so, uh, um... So yeah, I um I did undercover work before. I did narcotics work before. Word? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did that for six years. Um, and that was scary. Yo, hold on. So you like infiltrate, like what was it? Um See how Judas you and the Black Messiah? See how you do it. was that ball. <laughs> but I mean, what in South Carolina, you know, you for one, it's just black and no record. 
you know, they, they love that. You know, mm. so they, they threw me straight in. Uh, you know, so um, so yo, let me okay. Oh, this is good. What is the conversation behind the scenes for someone in that position, undercover? What is going on? What do you mean? What's the training? What is blending in? You you gotta know the you gotta know the walk, you gotta know the talk, you gotta know the weight, you gotta know the prices, and then just blending is there a in class, certain class, you know, and then you blend in <laughs> the black hood one on one. Like you're right. Right, you know, so that, that's what it is. And you just you just do what you do. All right, so give me the first day. The first day where you had to like need to connect and act regular. Oh man, the first day. Um so the first, I think my first deal was simply just um flipping somebody else to put me onto the connect. Like you gonna introduce me as your boy from out of town. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna watch. And then at the second round, then you're going to introduce me as, hey, he's going to pick it up. And then Hold once- on, you said flipping him. Oh, meaning he was in the game. Maybe y'all, he got caught up. He got caught up. And then now you got to introduce me as your boy. Absolutely. <sighs> Absolutely. So you, it, it sounds like a move, but it's really how it works. So um, introduce him, and you make the hand-to-hand, and then you form the conversation. And after a while, you phase the connect that brought you in out. And now I'm just doing deals with him. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever have to like meet him at the bar and like? I met in strip clubs, bars, the bathroom at McDonald's, behind churches, like everywhere. Really? Yeah. So what? Did, what were y'all doing? Just uh, obviously buying from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How would you feel though? Yeah. It was scary. It was scary. Uh, I remember probably because you never know if they know and they're setting you up like, yeah, maybe buying this church, bro. Right. One thing about the country, man, is like they didn't tell me. Well, the place where we're gonna do this by. Sometimes the radio signal go out. I'm like, yo, wait, what you mean the radio signal go out? He's like, yeah, just stay in a certain spot. <laughs> if you stay in a certain spot, we're good. So the cold word was, okay, good deal. It looked good, right? So I'm saying, okay, it looked good, good deal. And I don't hear no tires or nothing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, good deal. We good, we good. I don't hear nothing. I'm like, oh, I'm in a dead zone. So I'm, it's a, it's a mobile home trailer park, and all of them can. So I can't go knock on nobody's door and say I'm the police, because all of them can. So by that time, you know, I do something to blow the horn. I was like, oh, shoot, you know. And then by that time, they they come in. And, what you mean you did something to blow the horn? So they can hear me. The second thing is, if you don't have a radio contact, blow your horn. So I blew my horn. In your car? In my car. Mm. Yeah, that's scary. When you're in the bottom of a, you know, one way in, one way out, and you ain't got no radio contact. Yeah. Because they could have not blown the horn. They like, yo, why are you blowing your horn? Yeah, man? yeah. What did you learn from that scenario? That scenario? Yeah. Always got good radio contact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to give me a deep light. Deep no, light I ain't deep. no, I didn't even stay alive. That's it. That's it. Mm. it was your cover ever, like, almost blown? Uh, nah. No. No? Mm. Nah. You're good. Nah, I'm I, and, judging you. Look, you look like you fit the image. <laughs> <laughs> no, no judgment, bro. But you know I, that's so dope. Too. And, then, and then it went from that to plain clothes. A lot of people think undercover is nah. Plain clothes is you got a gun and badge, but you in what I'm in. Undercover is you don't go to the department, you don't hang around police officers, you don't do none of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised who's undercover. Like I seen some grandmas, sixty years old, still work for FBI. Really? Oh. Now, they got to get out by 57, so 55. But you, you'll never know. Like, it's crazy. The government Dang. got eyes everywhere. Dang, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, w- I couldn't do it. Could you? 
Joe, <laughs> I ain't got that much heart either. Golly, I'd be shaking in my boots, bro. My, my dad was law enforcement. My brother was too. You ever have to do something that you wouldn't, like, that goes against your own moral code or something like that? Nah. Mm-mm. I ain't doing that. Nah. I ain't doing that. On either end. Because here's the problem. At the level I did it on, you got, um, you had to take a lot of technical tests every three years. So you might, you might get away with it for two and a half years. But then when they polygraph you, and you've done something that you shouldn't have, it's going to come up in the polygraph. Mm. So, okay, so like the ones we saw on TV where they like, they they actually working with the drug dealers to make their own bread, mm-hmm. that's that's fiction. They oh, no, it happens. It definitely happens. I've locked up a police officer before. You know, it happens. But it's just, you. it's got to be a big old bag for you to have me on the hook for the rest of my life. Because that's their card. The yeah. minute you take something, they got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, nah. And you're still in the area that you were a cop in, right? Yeah. You wouldn't leave, though? Like, I mean, I, I don't feel like I could do that type of, especially, I am I was the person, not calling you a snitch, right. right? But you're the person that goes undercover, you locked up all my people, mm-hmm. and you still selling real estate. Like, I see you. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. Why so didn't I- you move away somewhere? Because I had built rapport and relationships there. As bad as it seems to be the police, there was a lot of good that I did for the community, right. too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one of the probably most, most notarized murders that I had was gang-related. Young kid killed another kid to get into a gang. And that tore that family apart because it was a small community. So from that, you know, we had to lock some people up, but a lot of gang initiatives by the federal government got in, put in place. Safe schools was one of the things that happened from that killing. So even though it was kind of tough, I was a firm, fair, and consistent police officer. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Gotcha. And I, I know you do, like, you do speaking, right? Right. Uh, tell me about your platform, too. I thought it was super cool. Um, you don't... Okay, so you say it, because I'm going to mess it up. My pulpit is different. Yes. So it means I, I don't speak from an elevated platform, but when I speak, it's to elevate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just... It's just... It's the ministry of help is what it is. Honoring every level of people. H-E-L-P. Right? So... Are you a pastor? No, I'm not a pastor. No? No. Um, you do sound like it, like you said. <laughs> you, do, you, do got, you do got heavy, heavy deacon vibes in you. you know I mean? deacon, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, it's just the ministry of helping people, man. Helping people understand they can be a better them, you know, financially, emotionally, all that. Can everybody become a better them? I think everybody has the potential to be a better them, yes. I don't know. Potential. Yeah. But here's my here's my here's my 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 rationale in this. Somebody who is um you'll see somebody on the news, mm-hmm. they done cut people up mm-hmm. or ment- mentally there's something there's something going on up here mm-hmm. that causes them to do like unnatural things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're doing it because they like it mm-hmm. or their brain tells them that's okay and it's not easy to change that. It's not. I think it depends. Now, we didn't say when they can, but I think they have the ability. The opportunity of a lifetime only lasts the lifetime of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, that means you got a short window to change for the better. Some things you do, you might want to be better, but the memory of what you did is so great, nobody's going to allow you the opportunity. So, you mm-hmm. got to catch that opportunity in the moment because it won't be there forever. How do people change? I think it starts from within. You first got to see yourself first because... 
changing has nothing to do with what people are saying. I have a saying that says, use your inside voice. And a lot of times we think that means talk less. Or that means listen to what's happening on the inside. And when you use your inside voice, then you change yourself and then other people notice it. Yeah, but the, the listening to what I'm saying. So there's, there's definitely been times in my life where me listening to myself or me listening to the voice that's inside mm -hmm. has led me astray based on the way that I think. So how do I'm 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 trying to get into how do we get someone to change or realize at least that they need to change? So I was I was sitting in a, a uh, etiquette class and the lady she's from she's been on Oprah she's been everywhere I can't think of her name, but she used the iceberg method. She said in order for somebody to change their actions they have to change their belief. What you see on top True. is minimal to what's at the bottom. True. So if you want to change behavior you have to change beliefs, and I think it just making people or helping people understand and believe in a better them and see, show them something different, then they change their actions. And what's the components of changing belief? That's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I, for, for me, what I've realized is um, environment is everything. Mm -hmm. And my beliefs have changed based on the environment that I'm around. So... When I'm growing up in New Jersey, if you had a job making $18 an hour, mm -hmm. moving boxes, you made it. Right. So everybody's looking for that warehouse job, right? Because in that environment, the belief is, if I get a job with $18 an hour, mm -hmm. sometimes they had like four, you work four days, you got three days off, you are lit. That's right. your belief. But then I got to a, a, a different place in my life mm -hmm. where $18, that's just stupid. Why would I want to lift boxes all day? And I got around a different group of people right. who wore suits and ties and they're working from home. And it's like, yo, these are salespeople. Right. Right. And that's what slowly changed my belief is my environment. Definitely. I agree totally. So... How would someone get into that environment? Because obviously we are we are like speakers and mm -hmm. we teach and speak, right? But there's some people that are just not going to accept. Well, you got to change your inside, or you got to change your belief right. without the steps, right? Right. So how do we at least get into the environment? I I think it's what it is. You got to get that exposure. Um, I say all the time, what's worse, white privilege or black unexposure? What's worse, white privilege or black unexposure? White privilege is a car, but it's fueled by us not knowing. So they go further because we don't know, right? So you got to ask yourself, I, is racial injustice is real? Yeah, they're there. But they only grow because we fail to know what's outside of what they call the hood. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, I'm writing a book that talks about that, right? So the fair question is, what are you doing on this side of town? Is it racism or is it a fair question? Because supposedly our exposure is only what's in the hood. Mm. So if we built everything that you like over there, right, why are you out of the hood? Mm. Because we fail to get exposure that we need to further ourselves as a community. That's a fact. So you have to get around the environment. And what gets you around the environment? Exposure. So what's worse, white privilege or black unexposure? Would you say it's harder for you at this level now finding, um, finding, 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. A higher level or somebody who um, is just coming into themselves, maybe they work a minimum wage job, getting to just that very next level, right? Uh, I think it's harder getting to the very next level. There are a lot of people that can help you come out of the mud. Um, But getting to that next level is hard. I heard somebody say, if you put two people together, white man, black man, selling product, the white man will go home and look at the ingredients. We go home and look in the mirror. There's a difference. What do you mean? So, you know, it's like, okay, my product didn't sell because maybe somebody's allergic to what's inside the bottle. His product didn't sell probably because his skin tone. So you have to look at, okay, can I get further? You, you know, can I get further than what I am? Mm. I can't change my skin tone. He can change his ingredients. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's harder to excel to certain levels in certain climates sometimes because success is, is tricky. Rooted in self-hate? You're yeah. saying that's, that's, that's actually a really good example. Like a white guy looks at the, the ingredients because the first thought isn't something's wrong with me. No. The first thought is, oh, it must be something wrong with this product. We need to fix this product. Absolutely. But we, dang, that's crazy. In our, in our community, we start to like lose self-worth as entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If it doesn't work, we're like, okay, what's wrong with me? Right. It's never what's wrong with the product. So what's wrong with me? And then we're looking, trying to change the unchangeable. That's, that's not it. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's real. It is. I think that message needs to be told more right. often. Right. Because we are, we are looking, and I've, I've obviously, I've been, you know, I fell victim to that. Like, yo, is something wrong with me? I got to fix me. Right. Right. What was the change for you? Like, when did, when did, when did your mind kick into a whole nother gear? Um... When I realized the value that I bring um, to the black community um, and what I do, um, I have a, a lot of... You do what you do specifically right. for the black community? Not specifically, but... I know you talk about it a lot in those comparisons. Right. My brokerage is all black. By design? Right. 
Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But the crazy part is we do sell to other ethnicities. I have clientele that's just don't want to work for you. I did. <laughs> I did not say that. Right, 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 right for sure. <laughs> but I mean, so that's 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 what it is. Um, but the life, the, the moment for me was, it's like going to the DMV. They don't care that you have to wait because you need them. Mm. So I turned off the color and looked at what the product was. You need what I have. So it doesn't matter what color I am. If I get into the room, you're going to need it. Do you, yo, those people that you said um, buy millions of dollars worth of real estate a month, mm-hmm. what ethnicity are they? Indian and Asian and really? some white. Mm-hmm. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay. So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. Okay. Thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Why? Where, where do you think that comes from? <laughs> Yo, is Indian the right word? Is that politically correct? It don't it don't feel right, Indian. I never say it. <laughs> I know, but I don't I don't know if that's the right word. Is it? If it you're from India, yeah. Where's your mic at, bro? It's a long day. It's okay. <laughs> So, okay, so Native American. Is that Indian? No, that's not Native American. Yo, they are cooking me in the comments right now. <laughs> <They're roasting. laughs> I'm, le- I'm learning, y'all, I'm learning. All right, so why, why do you think that, why do you think Indians? I have no idea. bread, all of them got bread, too. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not messing up my connect, fooling with you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's something nah, nah, going nah. on in their culture. It, yeah. what, have you, what have you learned from... Oh, that culture. Um, they're strict. Um, one of my one of I, I take that back. I have a Jewish um, agent, and um, they don't believe in the word. Well, they don't believe in interest. If they can't pay it, they don't buy it. Matter of fact, interest is against their religion. What? Nah. Real Jewish. If 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 it's Muslim, excuse me, Muslim. I'm sorry. Right. If if they can't pay for it outright, they won't do it. Not at all. So. They're built on the principle of let somebody give it to you that you don't have to pay back as a family member or save your money up until you can. Uh, his his mom and dad came over, two doctors. They stayed Muslim. Yeah. They yeah. stayed in a two-bedroom apartment until they were able to pay for $800,000 out of cash. You know what's crazy, bro? And I don't even think Jake is Muslim, but um, Jake Taylor Jacobs, he was telling me the same thing. And I, even like to this day, I need to get him back on the podcast because I still don't understand it. But he was talking about it's better to live in an apartment than to have a mortgage on a house. He's like, yo, I'm not going to have a mortgage on a house. Which in my head, it doesn't make sense because you're spending all this money on rent 
as you're saving money to buy a house, but why not just buy the house and then pay the money that you can pay for rent toward the mortgage over a certain amount of time? And I think that speaks to your needs. Because if you got five kids, you can't stand in one bedroom too long. That's you know, okay. so it just depends on your needs. And a lot of times, we always... No, nah, but I'm saying his point is, yo, I'm going to rent until I buy cash. And he did wind up buying his house cash. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, but, but everybody don't have that luxury. Yeah. But yeah, I understand the method. I do. I don't understand it, bro. I understand the method. Because if if you don't want to... You you pay interest. A $400,000 house, you're going to pay back eight hundred. But yo, you pay you paying rent at an apartment or renting a house, you don't get none of that towards your true principal. You don't, you don't. But I mean, just, again, it goes to the style of the person. Gotcha. It depends on what they're looking at, what kind of investment they're trying to make. That's ill though. Most of it's against the religion. It's against. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I wouldn't believe in that. Like, it's it's a faith issue. Yeah. <laughs> and he Good said, y'all. He said Americans will put a million dollars on an installment plan. <laughs> You ain't lying. I ain't you gonna, ain't never lying. I ain't gonna hold you like y'all say in Jersey. Uh, like, <laughs> like, we'll put a couch on a solid plan. <laughs> we'll sleep in a bed we'll that we it. pay for we'll for rooms to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do, you, do, you, do you abide by that philosophy? What? No interest? you don't pay interest? No. No, I definitely. I use other people's money all the time. <laughs> Not your own. No, yeah. I, I do interest. Oh, but you're saying use the bank, you'll do interest. Yeah, gotcha, absolutely. Gotcha. I think that's a cool thing to say, though. Yeah. It is cool to say. Maybe I... <laughs> <laughs> I borrow them. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, what, what other differences have you seen in the culture with your investors and our community? I'm always interested in that stuff. Like um, Asians. So... How they operate. They ain't paying full price. They are the best negotiators, and they don't flinch. They don't flinch. They don't care nothing about market value. Nothing. None of that. Some of the <laughs> coldest clients to work with. You know, so you tell them the house three hundred, I one hundred fifty thousand. Like, but you know that's half, one hundred fifty thousand, and they don't care. Well, I tell them it's probably gonna insult the seller. They insult me by asking that much. Like, <laughs> yo, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they insult me by asking right, that much. Right. Another thing with uh, one thing I noticed with the art of buying that I that I you know been definitely teaching and trying to change when a black family goes to look at a house. They make the kids stay inside the car. White family, they'll let everybody come out. And they miss, sometimes the black children miss the exposure of house hunting of that next step in life. You've experienced that? Oh, absolutely. They tell them, stay in the car, be quiet. I'd be like, no, let them, let them come pick out a room. Because they need to see this. They need to see this. Over and over again, you've seen that. I have. Now, everybody doesn't do it. Right, of course. But when I first started, it was, it was something that I had to constantly ask families, can they come in and... Can they come in and be a part of this experience? Why do you think that is, bro? It's just, they feel like, well, them being loud or rowdy is, you know, going to disturb the, the, the transaction or they're not going to think this or going to think that. No, but you're robbing them of the greatest investment of their life. And that's buying a house. Dang, we have been conditioned. Yeah, yeah. that's why I, I really love what I do in terms of this podcast so much because I get to expose Black excellence mm-hmm. On a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one episode. It's not one episode or one person, not right. two people. We're a hundred and like almost right, almost 200 episodes in right now right. of story after story, example after example mm-hmm. of someone who's doing it that's contra- contrary to what we've grown up seeing. Right. How'd you grow up? What? Poor. 
Very really? poor. Uh, my mom had me uh, by a married man. So it was, I didn't meet my father until I was eight years old. Um, one of the things I can remember. Your mom um, had you by a married man. Yeah. Um, my father was and she, married. And she, was, she wasn't the wife. She, was she with anybody at the time? Nah, she was a 19-year-old girl from Jersey, Miss Gattaway. Mm. And came down and met my father at a party. And they just started kicking it. And from that, I was here. Right? Did she know he was married? Yeah. Yeah. How'd that affect you? Uh, it was tough. Um, because I grew up, I grew up feeling like I was half created, not understanding how to trace, you know, who my pops was, what his vices was, what his devils were. So I'm fighting stuff. I don't even know why I'm fighting it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When did you said you met him at nine? I met him at nine. What was going on in your life before that? Were you asking? Nah. You never asked, hey, mommy, where's my daddy? Never. All my friends got dads. What is this whole dad thing? She told me I had one, and they didn't get along, and that was kind of the basis of it. My mom was very into church, so, you know, very strong in faith and went to church and did that, and I really didn't ask a whole lot of questions. The community of men in the church kind of picked up the slack as much oh, as they could. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And what did you feel when you met him? Uh... I remember he picked me up and said, hey, I'm your dad. And we went and got, you know, those Mickey Mouse ice creams? Yeah. We went and got one of them joints from the store. And um, he's like, I'm going to be seeing you more often. I was like, all right, bring some ice cream money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but, it, I mean, I didn't know what to think at first. Mm -hmm. And then it got a little rocky because he was with his wife at the time. And me being introduced as the baby's son, you know, I had an older brother. So his wife and my mom really didn't rock like that. Right. So... Um, because they didn't rock, it got tumultuous again, and he got pulled up on life for another seven years. So I really didn't start chilling and hanging out with him until I was 15. Hey, mm. tumultuous, you got that? Like, <laughs> don't, I'll be trying to educate him. So, so until 15, mm -hmm. you, you see him again. Right. You're older now. Right. The conversation got to be a little different. It is. It is. What was that like? Um, I was impressed by him because he was a police officer in law enforcement. Um, always had on the, the uniform, um, person of authority. Um, you know, I wanted to hear the stories about him knocking people out, even though that wasn't real. I just wanted to hear stories about it, you know. So I had a I had a giant in my life that I didn't have before um, and wanted to be just like him. Um, we still picked till the day about going to the shooting range, and my dad is a great shooter. So, you know, we always talked about that. And I always wanted to impress him about what I did, even with making detective. Before he got injured, that was his his goal, was to make detective. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a detective so bad, to make him proud. Dang. Yeah. So you were, like, really... You, you didn't feel no type of way, like, bro, you left me. Oh, most definitely. But you were, it seems like you were just more excited that he was in your life now. Yeah, I, I internalized the hurt and pain of him not being there. The older I got, I understood it more. Yeah. But, you know, what can I do about it at 15? How did it affect you today, you think? Ah, uh, it, it makes me not... Sometimes, like I told you before, I, I feel like there's a certain level of success that I'm going to get to that I'm a, I felt like I was going to fumble the bag because I didn't have substratum or foundation to help me with man things or understand what that looks like. Sub, say that word again? Substratum. Substratum is... Foundation. Founda you went to college? Nah. You got some words on you, boy. <laughs> did, did you get that one, Dave? Yeah. Did you get that one? Oh, for oh, sure. Okay. So, right. Stratum, I'm using that. So, you, you feel like you didn't have a foundation. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dang. And yo, you still close with your mom now? Oh, yeah. 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 That's my heart. Dang, man. Yeah, yeah and I think people don't realize how, like, a situation like that affects them. Mm-hmm. So my mom and dad was together, but it was, like, kind of on and off and on and off. And um, I think um, because it was so inconsistent, it's been, I've always had, um, I've always had, what's it called? Not trust issues, but um, abandonment. Mm-hmm. So before people leave me, mm-hmm. I leave them. I identify with that. And I, 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 like, I really, it's crazy. We're talking about this right now. That's mm-hmm. the first time I've ever said that. Right. Or even like really put that together. Right. Because and it, wasn't, it wasn't that I was, that anyone left me. It was like me and my mom left, would leave and leave my dad. Mm-hmm. And then we come back. And then we'll leave again. Mm-hmm. So I can't necessarily fall in love with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody told me, uh, you know, and I was married before, right? So in that instance, when you leave and come, it's like you're practicing divorce. So it gets easier and easier every time. So that's why divorce is so easy to do because you practice it, you mm. know, when you leave and go and leave and go. So it gets easier. So when you, when you speak to people, do you like kind of tackle some of those issues? Oh, yeah. So as as a speaker, right, mm-hmm. you travel and what is your market that you speak in? Uh, churches. Um, I try to speak to a lot of leadership, CEO. Um, I'm speaking tomorrow at uh, Benedict College mm. um, about financial literacy. Um, so um, financial literacy stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what you're going to be speaking on. Uh, just talking about simple stuff. I have something called how budgeting can upgrade HBCU. So you just take that. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Right. I got you. So just talking about how to save money, what money looks like, re- reintroduce them to money. Because everybody has a, a mindset about money. Until you reintroduce to it, you don't know what to do with it. What's your relationship with money? Oh, man. It came from somewhere else, and it was never enough. It was on welfare. My mom always complained about it not being enough. So I didn't know how to handle it when I got it. So now that after I going broke, having a credit score of 498, sleeping in the truck while being a police officer, I understand it better now. What made you lose the money? Uh, not having a foundation of how to, how to get it, even though it wasn't a lot. Just getting it, and then when I got it, I used it for emotional instead of saving it. You know what I'm saying? Going out to eat was the biggest thing. You know, spending it on something that made me feel good. I be doing that. <laughs> I think we all do sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, I do think about that, like those stories of people we're super up mm-hmm. and then they lose it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to understand how they lose it all. But at the same time, I, I, I could go, I can go buy some shoes or something. Mm-hmm. Like I can go eat, I can go travel. Well, they don't lose it all for buying shoes and traveling. It's bigger than that. You know, it's, it's, it's I think a lot of it is for one, when you, cause I was talking to somebody at, at the boot camp and, one of the biggest things is when you hand an athlete that much cash, you don't change their mindset. You change their bank account. That's a fact. But you don't change their mindset. So when you hand them that kind of money, they go and do what they wanted to do before they got it. Because money is psychological. If I tell you now, Dave, I give you 10000 it's already spent in your mind before it gets to your pocket. Mm. When Biggie said, mind on my money, money on my mind, that was real. Because money is psychological. We spend it here before it gets there. So I think mm. they don't have the resources to know what to do with it. And then when they get it, for one, they got people around them that just take, take, take. For sure. You know, so, yeah. What Shoes, you, it didn't do it. 
No. Okay. All right. Cool. Because <laughs> I was, I was, I was getting nervous, and I have, I have a plan. I, I, I think I over, I think I over invest because I invest a whole lot in myself. Mm-hmm. I'll invest in, in, uh, in investments, mm-hmm. and every investment doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. But I like I don't. When it comes in, mm-hmm. I try to use it. Because I understand, like, having money sitting there right. means I'm losing money. Mm-hmm. What is your philosophy on that? I believe the same thing. Maintaining is not. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Succeeding. When you maintain, you start to die. Let me tell you another level, too. My boy was talking about um, just this guy, just multi, multi-millionaire. Mm-hmm. And he says he only has about $60,000 in his account. Mm. So anytime he gets money, he's going to buy some property. He's going to put it in stocks. He does not want the cash mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because like you say, you over-invest. Not really, because invest means it, come, it comes back. Yeah. It might not be your lifetime, but your kids or grandkids or whatever down the road, it's going to come back. That's a fact. When you spend money, it don't come back. But you can't over-invest. No? No, because it comes back. You just might not see it. I mean, but sometimes you, I mean, you can relate to an entrepreneur that's always, bro, I'm always trying to get a bag. But see, you got, you got a, it's risk assessment too. You know what I'm saying? That's why, that's why the bank sends an appraiser out to see if it's worth them putting the money out. Mm. So when you spend money that you haven't looked at the ROI, that's not investing. That's stupid. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what do you think people lose most of the money on? Not, you lost all your money, right? I did. You were up. And then, no, I wasn't up. I was on a police salary. It wasn't oh, up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah it sure. wasn't up. No, no, no. Oh, so you're, like, you've always been on an upward trip. You haven't had a dip where you lost it all. Nah. Nah. What's your, what do you do with your money? I invest in myself. Um, I love And cars. what does that look like? Um, trainings. Um, uh, building my business. Uh, buying stuff that I need for the business. Um, things like that. And Property. Cars. Yeah, cars. I saw the little G wagon outside. Yeah, That's hard. Yeah. What kind? How many cars you got? Nine. You're doing too much, bro. <laughs> no, but but those you got nine cars. But they're renting. Oh, you're renting them out. Yeah. Now I need to go pick up one. I just pick up one. That's let you can live that lifestyle. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, I, I had another question in terms of um, um, how to evaluate a good real estate investment deal. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just... That one, and I got a question on the cars. But go ahead on that one. Just look at the return. Um, I mean, a lot of people think you got to make a big bag on your first investment, but it's not. As long as you make something back, it's about the knowledge on your first investment. 
knowing what to do. You know, if you go buy a house for a hundred thousand, um, and then you want to sell it, you know, you make one hundred fifty thousand, but then you gotta pay, you know, realtor fees or whatever, and you might make ten to fifteen. That's good because now you've broken the ice on what to do. You know, a lot of people get into it and. They want to throw granite. They want to do this, want to do that. I tell all my first investors, no, we're going to stick with something simple and we're going to use this until it breaks. Mm. We're going to put hardwood flooring, we're going to put carpet, and we're going to put a certain kind of granite. And we use that template for the next 15 houses, right? Mm. Because you know the cost of all those material materials before you get there so you can look at what your bottom line number is. Yeah. You got kids? Nah. No? Do you want kids? Nah. You don't want kids? Not, not this late. <laughs> Why not? I missed the mark. Man, I don't want to be 60 at graduation. You didn't miss the mark? What are you talking about? Nah, I'm good. I said if I ain't having about 30, I wouldn't have enough. Really? Yeah. What if you meet... Are you dating right now? Uh, nah. What if you meet a young lady that wants kids? The answer's no? <sighs> I'm 37, so, you know... 37? Bro, I'm 36. I just had a child. Like... Yeah, you're going to be 60 at graduation. No, I'm not. I'm gonna be... <laughs> How old are you? Well, I guess, yeah. yeah you, I'm at, 36. At 18 years. 36. Plus 20. Four years from 60. But 60 is different these days. That's what everybody say that's going to be 60 at graduation. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. No, 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 for real. It is 60. But for right now, bro, I mean. That's my mindset right now. If I meet somebody that, you know, says, okay, I want a kid, I probably would. I don't know. You think this has anything to do with your childhood? Absolutely. That's that's my number one reason why. I said by 30 if I didn't have it, but um, my fear was, I can't say still is, that not seeing that blueprint as a father, wondering if I would be a good one or not. Mm. Honestly. It's very transparent. Yeah. It's very transparent. I think and you never like think of that legacy, somebody you can teach. I do. But I have, ne- I have nephews and nieces that I pour into a lot like with that. Like my one of my, my nephews is 18 and he He's in the stock market, you know, got a nice little account, you know, mm. just teach him how to do that. So if I die tomorrow, I leave everything to him. Uh, I feel that. I can't push nobody to have kids. Joe, you want to have a child? For sure. For sure. We need to get Joe some help. Like, <laughs> his, uh, I don't know if his mindset ain't right. I don't know. He be on the dating apps trying to figure it out. Oh, on so- the apps? Hold up, wait a minute. You don't be on the app? Nah. No? Nah. I met my wife on the app. Yeah, with plenty of fish? I don't disrespect with the plenty of fish. <laughs> I'm not out here just. <laughs> What's your app? What app you be on, D? Or was uh, on? Dating this for suckers? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, actually, it was Tinder. Oh, you had a Tinder, Joe? Yeah, this is my wife, man. He, got a, he has a Tinder. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. Be a little Tenderoni. Yeah, hey. They need to sponsor this podcast. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I didn't know. I didn't know. It, I didn't know the like the weird stuff that goes on on the apps. I was just what weird stuff, Dave. It gets weird. For instance, you know what hookup means? Uh, if you want to hook up? Say you're on there, an app, and it says a girl wants to hook up. The normal thing, like get up and chill, or whatever. That's what you would think. Yeah. That's not the case. I didn't know that. Okay. Hook up means, yo, I want to get together. I want to hook up, and then I'm going to leave. What? Yes. No, they do that? A hundred percent. Bro, look, <laughs> I was on the app, bro, and I'm like, I'm a conversationalist. Right. So I see somebody want to hook up. I'm like, all right, cool. Wow. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? And uh, I see we got a little connection. So he going over there talking. connection. 
And she's like, yeah, so, um, you know, what's side of town you on? And I'm like, you know, I live where I live. <laughs> what do you, you know what I'm saying, what side of town you on? And they'll tell me, I'm like, oh, you ain't, yeah, you ain't that too, you ain't too far from me. So, you know, what are you into? What do you like? And I'm having these conversations and eventually they just stop texting back. <laughs> I'm like, I thought, yeah, I thought yeah, she liked me. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm here for. I want to ready to feed ducks or not. Bro, yeah. I'm thinking hookup means you just want to connect. And nah. it doesn't mean that, bro. <laughs> How long take you to figure that out? If they stop texting? No, no, no. Afterwards, after I met my wife and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I met, I met her on Tinder. People are like, what? Tinder? I don't like, and I got like four people looked at me like that. And I'm like, hold on. Okay, so tell me what's up with this whole Tinder thing. Right. And they was telling me what happened. You closed you know, your account you, out since then, though, right? A hundred percent. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Right. I yeah, it was like after I, you know, I got serious with my wife, I closed it out. You changed your avatar on there? I don't know. <laughs> And then he's going to try to act like he don't got an account. You got an account. You don't have about the avatars. No, no, I promise you I don't. So, he may not have one on Tinder. Nah. You got it. You got it. Yo, you got it. Nah. You ain't got no one. You ain't got a profile nowhere? Where, nah. Where you I looked at farmersonly.com, but that's only because I want to sell land. Farmers it. only? It's a joke, man. It's a joke. <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's bad in South Carolina. You got to get a farmer That's shit. a real page, though. I bet it is. It's a real page. That's a real page. They got a dream going on. So how you meet people? I mean, at events, you know. How do you, what's your approach? Hey, how you doing? I'm Damian Burst. That's it. I mean, hey, what's going on? That's it. Ain't nothing flashy. No? Nah. You got game. They see right through that. You got game. Nah. <laughs> you got Not at game. all. Not at all. Just an introduction. Just conversation. Mm. Yeah. When's the last time you were in a serious relationship? <sighs> We're probably going to get you married off on this podcast, bro. Uh, nah. You never yeah. know? It can it's, happen. It, it's, Line it's, of DM, bro. You got the beard and all that. It's, it's I know beards the same. Hey, hey, we in, we in style right pack. now, bro. That's, that's a new six-pack. For yeah. sure. <laughs> all day. That's a new six-pack. But nah, nah, nah. It's been a little minute. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just focusing. That's the answer you say when you want to. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's to leave you alone. I'm not answering yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, give yeah, me yeah. there. Yeah. All right, man. Well, yo, thank, man, thank you. This was very informative, man. I appreciate it, man. Very informative. I, I like your philosophy on building wealth mm-hmm. and success. You got your hands in a lot, uh, a lot, but you clearly see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Wish I got a question for you, too. Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years so that uh, when I watch this Podcast five years from today, mm-hmm. I can point and say, "Yo, Dame said he was going to be there." Look, he's yeah. There. One of the things is to be a speaker at boot camp. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I um, uh, to be speaking to corporations, um, uh, churches, individuals, still having a, a system um, curriculum done. One of the biggest things that I want to do uh, in my community and hopefully it'll spread abroad is to take the curriculum of real estate and put it in high schools. Mm-hmm. For the kids that are not going to college. That's dope. And when they come out, I give them job placement and pay for their schooling to go to real estate school and put them wherever they want to be in the state. Mm, and and you mentor them through your your mentor them through your brokerage. Absolutely. So I'm actually sitting down with my old high school to talk about that. That's dope. How to put the curriculum in high school and make it an elective that they can take. Dang, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah let me know if I can help with that too. Absolutely. Chris. Um I, I I definitely have a passion for that. And I have a nonprofit um, called the Entrepreneurship Foundation. And um, I, the, the idea is taking the money and investing in youth, youth entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, 
Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to see if you're just talking or are you really going to do this thing? No, no, no. Real talk. I'm going to do it. You, you going to cut the check to the foundation tonight? What foundation? We're going to think of one. We're going to... No, I got a foundation. I need a <laughs> check from you, brother. But, uh, no, for real. Let me, I got you. Let, let, me, let me do this. I got to do a commercial real quick, uh, okay. pay some bills. Um, but I need you to think of something really, really deep and pro- thought-provoking to close this out with, all right? All right, cool. So this episode is sponsored, as always, by The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. Themorningmeetup.com is the only organization team that you know. It's the only organization that gathers every single day, mm-hmm. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every day, Monday through Friday. You on there? Absolutely. You be on the calls? I be on the calls. Word? Yeah. I show my subscription and all. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. You enjoy it? I do. I do. We got people at all levels that's on the morning meetup. Y'all, y'all on the morning meetup? Y'all on there? You not? Why you ain't in the morning? All right, guys. Turn the camera. The guy that's not on the morning. I'm just playing. Oh, wow. I'm just playing. <laughs> With a room full of people that's in the morning meetup. And this one, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm yeah. just playing. No, go to themorningmeetup.com, man. We gather every single day if you need a community. I think there's only a few things that people need. A community. You need customers. Mm-hmm. And what was it? Community, customers, and coaching. Mm-hmm. I think if you have these three elements, you could be very, very successful. Community, right. customers, a pool of customers, and coaching. I mean, you got mentorship. Right. And the Morning Meetup has all three. Yes. So go to themorningmeetup.com. You can try it out. It's only a dollar, uh, $79 a month after that. But I mean, you think about it every single day. We got a conference every week almost. Yeah. And um, um, But if you want to leave, you can leave. If you want to stay, that's awesome. It's $79 a month, okay? So go to themorningmeetup.com and um, check us out. All right? So... Dame, thank you so much for joining us, man. My pleasure. I really man. appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Please let everybody know how they can find you. Okay. And then I need you to close this thing out with, um, just put a bow on this whole conversation. Gotcha. I'm going to lead the people with something. Uh, Instagram is Damian Burris. Uh, Facebook is Damian Burris. YouTube is My Pulpit is Different. Um, IG is Damian Burris. Um, one of the things that I, I live by, um, or recently I've been teaching, um, the seven streams of income thing. Everybody's trying to find the streams of income. But the thing that I'm teaching uh, my people, my agents, and the people that are around me is find what you were created to do. That's instinct. You don't teach a, a lion how to roar. Uh, you don't teach a giraffe to eat from the tallest tree. You got to find your instinct. Your instinct creates abilities. So when you put that into perspective, stop looking for streams and find your river. Because a river flows two streams. And when you find a river, you find what you were created to do. You find your passion and you find what comes natural. And then once you find that river, it creates other channels. My river is a river of help. I help people. From that is real estate. From that is coaching. From that is talking. From that is connecting with people. So when you find that river, your channels flow. You've never seen a tree on a branch. You've seen branches on trees because nothing happens backwards. Mm, I can't close it out no better than that, man. Do me a favor, <laughs> y'all. Go follow uh, Damien, Wealth of Wisdom. Um, and lastly, go get you some social proof, okay? Go build something. Go build something and remember how you build it. Every step of the way, the ups, the downs, the goods, and the bads, remember it, journal it, because um, I want you to, once you've built it, go back to your community and teach them how you did what you did. All right? We are out of here. Peace. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. 
Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you'll also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts. You need to be in an environment of success. So head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your $1 seven-day trial. That's right, just $1 for seven days of access to The Morning Meetup. Take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today. Themorningmeetup.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.